The reading is taken from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35, on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, Why are you, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only, the only visit, one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello. There we are. Good morning. Good morning. I'm here again. Um, so... What a wonderful uh, story that is. Uh, Jamie's already told us that one of his favorite passages of the Bible. Uh, shall we have the uh, PowerPoint up here, uh, Darren, as, uh, as we begin? Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit, would you um, open up the word of God to us and reveal to us the living word, Jesus, and help us to know Jesus better. Amen. So this 
Now, the story has everything. It starts off quite sorrowful. It's quite a sad story. It's got suspense. It's got a puzzle. It's got somebody who appears and then disappears. There's a dawning of the light. There's recognition. And at the end, there's excitement leading to activity. It would make a, a wonderful film. Uh, so it's a great story, but it's a lot more than that. Uh, the picture I found on the internet there is, is quite a modern interpretation. Um, if you look closely, if you can see it well enough, it shows the two companions as a man and a woman, uh, Cleopas. The other person isn't mentioned, isn't identified, but lots of commentators think it's actually Cleopas's wife who's, who's with him. So it's a husband and wife who are on their way to Emmaus. Not quite sure why they're going there, but they're on their way. They're on a journey. Life's a journey, isn't it? Uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that our young people are, are thinking about journeys, and we, we are on a journey with these two disciples today. So, as well as it being a brilliant story, this is the Word of God. So if we take the Bible seriously, uh, we should expect God to, uh, to speak to us and teach us um, about our own lives and how we're living. So this, this account reveals to us more about Jesus, our Saviour, and how he loves us. It also presents us with a model of uh, Christian community, of how we, we live, or how we ought to live as church, how we ought to relate to one another and live as community. Uh, but, as, I'm, as I've been reflecting on this passage this week, there's actually loads of uh, teaching in it. There's, there's like... There's enough for a whole series of sermons. We probably could spend all year on this passage and not exhaust it. So today I need to focus. So my focus today is this verse. Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them. Just read that verse to yourself and see what it means to you. Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them. Right from the beginning of the Bible, we learn that God wants to come alongside those he's created, those he's created in his own image. If you look back to Genesis chapter 3, we read that the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? So God wants to be... Did I do something wrong? Oh, the glasses, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I always forget my glasses, so I'm, I'm really grateful to uh, Jane. She's my companion on the road to... Uh, St. Margaret's. <laughs> um, where were we? Yeah, so, so right from the beginning, God 
longs, he desires to be with those he's created. And he comes looking for us. Where are you? Where, where are you, God says. So he's, he's saying that to you and me today. Where are you? He wants to be with us. What, in church, we, we often kind of think, uh, God, uh, come to us, be present with us. But God wants us to be present with him, doesn't he? So, so this morning, make yourself present to God. Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them. In this passage, what this passage spoke to me a lot this week was about um, kindness. That God in Jesus actually, actually wants to be with us, wants to walk alongside us, whatever we're going through in our life. Jesus wants to be with us in it, the good times and the bad. So in this passage, we, we learn that of all the places Jesus could be after his resurrection, we're in the uh, post-Easter period, aren't we? Um, of all the places he could be, he chooses to walk alongside two individuals because he cares about individuals. He cares about you and he cares about me. And he particularly cares about these two because they're grieving, aren't they? They've... Um, They've been following Jesus and now uh, they've, they've witnessed Jesus being crucified. Uh, so their hope that this Messiah who, was, who, who they, they felt was going to release them from uh, the, the powers, the, the Romans, uh, he's dead. It looks as though uh, their, their hopes and dreams have been uh, dashed. So they're grieving. Uh, this, this week, let me tell you something about my week. Uh, most of you know I'm uh, a chaplain at the uh, Bradford Royal Infirmary. And this week I went to a conference. It was called Embedding Kindness. There we are, Embedding Kindness. Um, and what I learned at this, uh, this conference, one thing I learned anyway, is that... Um, Incivility, that's kind of unkindness, isn't it? You know, when we're not kind to each other. Uh, apparently, it costs the NHS five billion pounds a year. I'm not sure how they measured that, but just think about that. Five billion pounds a year is, is wasted because people aren't kind to each other. That could, uh, five billion pounds could do a lot, couldn't it? You could probably build a hospital with that, couldn't you? A lot more. Um, Something else I also learned, which is quite interesting, about cows. Anybody know anything about cows? They do, they do, don't they? Yeah? I don't know anything much about cows, but I learned uh, this week that um, some scientists did an experiment with two herds of cows. One herd, uh, the farmer was kind to them. Uh, he he kind of called them by name, or she, I don't know who it was. Uh, called them by name, and uh, it kind of stroked them when they fed them. And the other herd, they just fed them. They weren't kind to them. Do you know what happened? Apparently. Uh, the research showed that the cows that were shown kindness produced 60, 60 more gallons than those who weren't shown kindness. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so when we show kindness, it has a great effect. Kindness. Of course, kindness is um, a fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? 
kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, kindness. My mind goes back to, um, I think it was in January when uh, Jamie preached about the fruit of the Spirit. Do you remember that? And he said, um, you don't remember? (laughs) (laughs) I remember because uh, Jamie showed us uh, a picture of his uh, his lobby and they had the the coat hooks there. And uh, for each person in his household, they'd chosen a fruit of the Spirit to concentrate on. Do you remember this now? And, uh, and he asked us to, to choose one uh, that we, we wanted to intentionally uh, let God grow in us this year. I chose kindness, and I'm not sure how I'm doing. You'll have to ask uh, Jane about that. Kindness. So kindness is, is a particular characteristic of God that he wants to grow in us through his Spirit. So he wants you to embed kindness in your life. But it strikes me in this passage that the two disciples actually show kindness, don't they? Uh, While we go through this passage, they're with this stranger who actually turns out to be Jesus. And uh, and as it's it's a funny... it's really got humor in this passage, hasn't it? Because as they reach their destination, Jesus uh, pretends to go further, doesn't he? And uh, it's up to them then to say, please stay with us. You know, uh, they, they have to welcome this stranger. It might be worth thinking, what would have happened if they hadn't have welcomed Jesus to come and eat with them? Sometimes in our life we miss those opportunities, don't we, to be kind to other people, to welcome the strangers, is is what happens in this passage. Because when they welcome this stranger, they actually experience the presence of Jesus, don't they? I wonder, what about you? Matthew 25, 31 to 46. What's that passage? Anybody know? It's about the sheep and the goats. Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of these, you did it for me. So when we show kindness to a stranger, or anybody actually, we're we're doing it for Jesus. And somebody pointed out to me about that passage about the sheep and the goats, that it's actually saying, when we show kindness... Jesus is there. It, it kind of triggers that, that used to like the disciples welcoming the stranger. Jesus is there. He appears. So, when you're kind, Jesus is there. Uh, let me just share a little story that happened to me this week. So, it was the same day as the embedding kindness um, Conference, and I had, to, I had to step out of the conference because I had a, a referral to somebody in the uh, intensive care unit. And all that, uh, the only information I got about this person, the referral came from a dietitian who said, This person is physically getting better, but they're in a very low mood. And um, this dietitian thought it would be good for them to see the Christian chaplain. 
no pressure there. So, so I went along, and um, in, the, in Bradford's ICU anyway, they, uh, it, they're all kind of uh, individual rooms with uh, glass, uh, glass partitions. And as I, as I approached this room, I could hear this woman uh, saying very loudly, please help me, I'm very tired, please help me. I'm very tired. And she kept saying that over and over and over again. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> uh, what, what, what's gonna, what, um, what, what can I do in this situation? So I had to work with the doctor who happened to be stood outside. And uh, it was funny because he, he, he sort of had this attitude, well, what are you doing here? Um, <laughs> and anyway, he looked at the notes for this woman. And uh, sure enough, in the notes, it said, uh, please call the Christian chaplain, because this woman would benefit from speaking to them. Um, the others haven't met me, but uh, there we are. Uh, so I went in this room and uh, introduced myself to this woman. And there wasn't a lot of response, I must, I must admit. But after I'd been there for literally about a minute, her son and daughter came in the room. And... Um, the daughter was just wonderful. It was wonderful to see the love between this daughter and her mother. The daughter sat down, started stroking her mother's uh, arm and reassuring her. And the, the effect of this was, was amazing. She just really calmed down an awful lot. And, uh, but then at, at one point, she said, which she was very uh, anxious about not being able to eat because she couldn't swallow and um, at one point she said, I want to be a Christian again. And, uh, and I thought, that's my cue. Uh, and I thought, what? Yeah, I didn't know her history or anything like that, but I said to her, do you know, um, God is here now. God's, God's with you. And uh, we talked a little bit more. Then I gave her a little cross. It's a wooden cross, a, a holding cross. Uh, they're literally less the size of that. Uh, and she couldn't really hold it, but I put it in, uh, with her hands. And then I, I said, shall we pray? And she, she said, yes. So we prayed together the Lord's Prayer, and she joined in. She hadn't said much up to this point, but she joined in the Lord's Prayer. And I felt in this moment that actually Jesus himself came and walked alongside us. It was as though Jesus was there with us. He was. He is. Um, and the daughter said, she's really calmed down. Thank you so much. Um, so, that's just a, a, a kind of testimony about how Jesus comes alongside us. In this passage, uh, we, we learn, don't we, that the disciples were kept from recognizing Jesus. The picture hasn't come out brilliantly, but it, it's, it's kind of got a before and after element to it. So in the background of this picture, there's Jesus and the two companions, and the companions have got blindfolds on them. Uh, and then in the foreground, uh, as, they're eat, as, as Jesus is breaking bread, the blindfolds are not there anymore. 
But as I I read this passage, I thought, well, why can't they recognize Jesus? Why were they kept from recognizing him? Maybe maybe they were just distracted. Maybe, maybe, you know, sometimes we get like this, don't we? Our our minds get so full of... um, nearly said a rude word then, so full of, of rubbish and everything that we can't see what's in front of us, can we? We can't see the wood for the trees, is that the expression? We, we can't see that we're too preoccupied. Uh, they're probably just overwhelmed by grief, aren't they? They're just, they're just in that place where they can't see beyond their own uh, grief. And maybe, actually, Jesus was transformed in, in some way. Maybe he looks different. The, the resurrected Jesus looks somehow different. He is different. How do we recognize Jesus? That's a, that's a big question, isn't it? How, so another way of putting it, um, how do you hear Jesus speak? So tell me, how do you hear Jesus speak? We do hear Jesus speak, don't we? Tell me how you, how you hear Jesus speak. Sometimes something somebody else says. Somebody else, yes. So it's important that we talk to each other and share our experience because Jesus speaks to us through other people. How else does Jesus speak to you? Through the Bible, through other people, anything else? Circumstances, Circumstances, yes. Yeah. Can we hear David? Oh, do you want me to? The communion was about Jesus calling us, and I felt him calling me to the service. Yeah. And I came, and oh, I was blessed. And I felt, thank you, Jesus, because you're here. And you're revealing yourself to me. So I went away really glad. Thank you, David. So there, there were two things in there, actually, through circumstances. But particularly in worship, what we hear from Jesus, don't we? Anything else? Let's see. If you got the right answers, no. <laughs> the Bible, so uh, Jesus speaks to us through the Bible. Prayer, uh, prayer isn't just a one-way conversation, is it? Hopefully uh, we listen as well as speak. Uh, through other people, through worship. And then I thought this week, we need to be open to being surprised, Jesus speaking to us in new ways. Because this is really what happens to these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They're not expecting to hear from Jesus at all, are they? But this is what happens. There's other, there's other ways that the Bible talks about God speaking to us, Jesus speaking to us through our dreams and uh, kind of pictures, dreams and visions. Um, there we go. Uh, as we go through this passage, we, we come across the greatest Bible study ever <laughs> as Jesus uh, reveals to these disciples on, on the journey 
uh, about the, what the Bible is all about. He, uh, so we read this. Jesus says this. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter, into, enter his glory? And beginning with, the, with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So he revealed to them what the scriptures said about himself. The Bible uh, really is all about Jesus. Uh, if we look from the whole Bible, the law and the prophets are really pointing us to Jesus. So I know that the, the Old Testament is sometimes really, really kind of difficult to understand and uh, figure out. It's, it, it, it kind of seems at, at odds with a lot of the New Testament. But if we read it through the lens of Jesus, it will begin to make more sense. And that's what Jesus is revealing to these disciples on their journey. And they say at the end, were not our hearts burning within, within us while he taught with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? It's, uh, I'm reminded of John Wesley, who, uh, who was an Anglican, the Church of England, and uh, he was in this prayer meeting and he said his heart was strangely warmed because he had an encounter. Jesus revealed himself. Uh, to, to John, as, as he did to David uh, the other week. So I wonder when, uh, when your heart was last uh, burning within you as, you as you read the Bible. And today, why don't you ask God to, uh, to reveal himself to you as you read the Bible? As something kind of leaps out at you, or oh, God speaks to you about your, your life, your circumstances at the moment through the Bible. Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them. Um, I was thinking about that song, Blessed Be Your Name. Do you remember that one? It's a song we, you've probably sang a lot. And uh, it reminds us that... Um, that Jesus is with us through different circumstances. And he says, when the world's all as it should be. I really ought to have asked Jamie to, to play this one today, but I, I only wrote this on Thursday. So. Um, so, blessed be your name when the world is all as it should be. So that those times in our life when, when things are going well and uh, we feel... Everything's right. That's, those are lovely times, aren't they? And God is very close to us in those times. But God is actually with us on the road marked with suffering as well. And I'd suggest that actually Jesus is particularly with us on the road marked with suffering because he knows what it's like to suffer, doesn't he? We just read that um, the Messiah had to suffer all these things. So God's way of doing things, actually through his son Jesus, is that his son suffers to bring about our salvation. This is uh, coming to the end of our passage. So when he was at the table with them, he took bread, 
gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. So we had a look at uh, the Bible, or the Word, as we might say. Now we're looking at a sacrament. Um, so in, the, in, this, um, in this passage, it's as though um, we're reminded of the Last Supper, aren't we? When Jesus breaks the bread, they recognize him. It's a reminder to us of what Jesus has done for each one of us through his suffering, through being broken on the cross. Then they recognized him. So in this passage, we have a model for our Christian life, our community together, which is to do with word and sacrament. And we're formed, we're shaped by the Bible but also through what we do when we worship, as we remember, so as we take communion a bit later, we are remembering Jesus' sacrifice for us. And, it, and in, in some mysterious way, we're connected very closely, like David was when he came the other way, to Jesus and what he's done for us as his body's broken for us. So as we take communion today, ask Jesus to walk with you into this coming week, to walk with you, to be alongside you in this coming week. And this, this is a very powerful thing as we have communion, as we connect in that way. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. So remember God's salvation through the sacrifice of Jesus as we take the bread and the wine. Let Jesus walk with you and welcome him. Be present for him as he is for you. And at the end of this passage, uh, we could say something about why Jesus disappears. That's a, that's a topic for another sermon. Uh, but what happens at the end of the passage, the disciples uh, don't just stay there, do they? they go and they share this, what they've experienced with others. So, so this morning, God reminds us to go and tell others. So if you know anything of the love of God and his fellowship with you, go and share it with somebody else. Share it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much that you want to walk with me. That you want to come alongside me. Lord Jesus, help me to be present for you. Help me to welcome you. And would you uh, reveal the scriptures to me? May, may they burn in my heart. And as, as I experience your presence, may I go and share this with others. Thank you. Amen.